0: Hello, my friend. This is Sam Goldsmith, and this is Nama Slay Type A, the podcast for women who slay at some things and suck at others, like choosing peace over perfection and settling into all issues motherhood. So, tonight we are speaking to a beautiful special guest on the podcast who's going to be sharing with us all kinds of spirit based uh, motherhood information, and I would like to introduce her to you now. Her name is Patricia Panasi, and she is on a mission to guide mothers back to the joys of motherhood. She does this work using her gifts as a yoga teacher, an astrologer, a Reiki master, and highlights her own personal journey into motherhood. Patricia says that becoming a mother has been her biggest transformation, urging her to allow changes to happen. Her desire to create a space where it's safe to explore and have childlike curiosity has led her to use her wisdom to support other mothers who are lost in the struggles of everyday motherhood. Patricia knows firsthand what it's like to be in survival mode. After her second child was born, she experienced a deep postpartum depression and this made her turn her attention inwards to heal the wounds that were within. Patricia believes that every mother is capable of cultivating that inner power and she leads them to redefine themselves as mothers and learn how to trust their intuition again using meditations, yoga, chakra therapeutics, astrology and the wisdom of the tarot. And I just want to preface today's podcast by saying that this podcast is not just for mothers. It's for women. If you have a mother, if you have any connection to supporting other people's children or nurturing anyone in a village-style community, then um, this is definitely a podcast that you want to tune into as well. So welcome, Patricia.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, and I completely agree with what you just said about this podcast not being just for moms, um, because we all need to mother ourselves as well. It's not just being caring of other people, but it's also being the mother to yourself, to your own inner child.
0: Absolutely. Patricia, could we just start by um, getting you to briefly share your story and a little bit about how you arrived at this beautiful message that you're sharing now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I was really born in the Netherlands and after I graduated from university, I traveled through Southeast Asia and fell in love with a local Thai guy And I never imagined moving to Thailand, so we did back and forth for a few years. Um, And then in 2012, I was like, no, this is really it. He's the one, and I'm really going to move to Thailand. So I packed up my bags and moved here to the countryside so we don't live in a big city. We literally live in a village with 200 people. And I really love it. It really has brought me back to my roots and just not giving in to all the distraction, but really tuning into yourself. And then um, in 2013, our daughter was born, which was amazing. We had a really nice postpartum period. And after my son was born in 2015, things were a lot different. I started to experience, I wasn't really homesick, but I just missed the people and having my village around me. And pregnancy itself was also a bit harder. Um, so in the end, I, for a good year, I was hiding myself and not really admitting that I was really in a good place because I'm a yoga teacher, I'm an astrologer, I know all these things, I have all these tools and yet I wasn't using them at all. So I think it was, a, my son was one years old and then I got the wake up call I remember we were visiting my parents in the Netherlands, and my mother turned to me and said, wow, your son cries a lot. And I just broke down, I was like, yes, I cannot. Like, it's so hard. Becoming a mother was hard, but adding the second child to the family, that for me was so much harder. But that was also the point when I thought, okay, so something really needs to change. And I cannot ask other people to change, I cannot ask my surroundings to change. I cannot just move and think that things are going to change, so I need to change from the inside out. so a really transformative journey started within to discover what is it that I want, what is it that i 'm feeling, and it 's almost like hitting the pause button and not expecting things to happen, but really listen and see what is happening in the space when you hit that pause button. So what is coming up, what are the thoughts. In the time, I, I used, I watched Netflix, read books, trying to hide, and, and if you never have this moment of silence, or at least a moment where you're not trying to hide, you never really listen to what you feel and what you're experiencing. So that was a journey that I would even say some days I'm still, it's a continuum. So it's not like the journey has ended, but it's, it's a healing that goes on. And it's, it's something that I think for every mother, it's good or for every woman just to sometimes hit that pause button and really look at themselves. Like what is it that I really want? What is it, what I'm doing? What am I feeling? And just experience
0: Mm. I love that you describe motherhood through your work as your greatest transformation. And specifically, I note that you say it, it was a, through a process of allowing change to happen. I just were all about allowing in this community. So I was hoping that you could just explain a little bit more about how that process of surrender actually transpired for you and how you had the courage to surrender because it's, it's difficult for women to do that.
1: It's absolutely very difficult. And I used to be somebody who was always on the go. I was always super hard on myself, pushing myself, like putting the bar higher and higher. If I got close, I would put the bar higher again. And I know we live in a very masculine society. We're very goal-driven. From a young age on, we're pushed towards certain goals, or at least to set goals for yourself. Now. I think setting goals is good, but if we constrict ourselves and just hold on and attach ourselves to the outcome and are not open to what the universe maybe has to bring you, then we're really pushing through. Like This, this whole thing about hustling and pushing through, and that's not really in our nature. Especially as women, we are the softer creatures we shouldn't be pushing and going through our own pain. So what for me really came up very strongly is to really feel your feelings and not trying to change them. Because we're so taught that if you don't like something, you need to change it. Well, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just have to give yourself space to simply allow that feeling to be and to not trying to change it. We don't need to understand everything that goes on. Like I often mention that this revealed my deepest wounds and it's not necessarily that I can tell you exactly what those wounds are, but it was just acknowledging that they're there and that it's something that I need to move past, but in order to move past it, I need to accept it first. And that was for me so when I when I think of accepting and allowing it is really don't labeling it. Don't putting any judgment on it. Like I this also ties into the mom guilt that we think we should do it in a certain way. And I felt guilty for not being able to give my son the type of postpartum period that I had with my daughter. I felt guilty that the time that I spent with her, I was always just with her, no distractions, but with him, I had his sister to take care of, myself, and it just felt too much. And by not allowing the situation, and not really allowing to accept that I do have a daughter, I do have a newborn, and I do have a household. That's just a given fact. Like There's nothing you can change about that. And by accepting that, you also create more space for the actual magic to happen. Because you're not so focused on the outcome, but you're really, it's more of a flow. I like to see motherhood as a flow, it, opposed to a journey that has these set marks. It's the same with all those parenting books. Like when your kid is two months old is supposed to be doing this. When it's three months old, it was supposed to be doing this. Well, some kids are not. And like, you don't have to worry if they don't. It's the same with your own journey. But we can't really read about it in books that much about the journey that we're going on because we're supposed to get back to work at a certain time. We're supposed to have our bodies back at a certain time. And I remember it was a year after, My son was born and I was writing a post on Instagram and I wanted to use the words bouncing back and I stopped myself because becoming a mother, we will never bounce back because we're a completely different person. Mm. And by just using the term bouncing back, you're almost referring to the time when you didn't have kids. Well, honestly, I'm a mother now, so I wouldn't even want to go back to the time where I didn't have kids. That doesn't mean that I only see myself as a mother, but it's more, I'm a different type of woman. I'm a mother, I'm also still a woman, but this becoming a mother has transformed so much within me that I wouldn't even want to go back to that because it has brought me so much
0: Go ahead, Patricia. Sorry, I was just saying it's such, oh, a, key, such a key distinction that you're making.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that I... It's not just the bouncing back of your body, but it's also the bouncing back of your mental state, your spiritual state. But honestly, giving birth is the biggest transformation a woman can go through in her life. And if we don't acknowledge that transformation, then we're really diminishing the whole journey that we're on and i think in our society it's so we're so focused on getting everything back and if a mother decides to stay home with her child because that's what she feels is best for her and her child people will say like but how do you do it financially and when are you going to get back to work? Like One of my friends is a stay-at-home mom and she gets asked all the time by people, so your son is almost six months, so when are you gonna get back to work? Like, I don't want to. She said, I want to stay at home for the first year. She's starting up her own business now, so she is doing something, but it's almost like being a mom in this day and age is not enough anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's actually really sad. It's such a great segue to the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, which is just touching back to your mentioning the the guilt issues, mummy guilt. We talk about this a lot in the entrepreneurial world. You and I are both entrepreneurs in various different businesses. And this is something that comes up all the time that mums, I feel they're damned if they do, and they're damned if they don't, because no matter what you do, it's not going to be the right thing in some people's eyes and other people's eyes and all of those things that you just mentioned. And I'm just wondering um, with these themes that are emerging for women and their relationship to motherhood or their relationships with other children or other um, people that they take care of. And as you mentioned, your relationship with yourself, these Common themes seem to be a an issue about self-worth in whether that's defining you as a person, whether you're a mother or you're not, um, and also those feelings around guilt for, guilt for staying at home, guilt for going back to work, guilt for working long hours, guilt for not working as many hours as you need to, all of that kind of thing based on your experience and all of your beautiful holistic modalities. What could you say has been one of the practices that pack the biggest punch to help mums or women in general overcome all of those um, opinions of other people?
1: I think judgment. Um, and the reason why I mentioned that is, first and foremost, judgment towards ourselves. Mm. Because that's often where guilt comes from. Because we judge ourselves that we are supposed to do it in a certain way. And if we can release our judgment toward ourselves, we will also be less judgmental of others. And I'm a strong believer that a better world really starts with yourself. So if you, with your energy, make sure that you don't judge yourself but also don't judge others, other women will start to pick up on that. And you don't even have to like necessarily mention Like, don't be so judgmental, because that in and of itself is a judgment. But it's, I think mothers can be so hard towards each other. Like, I have seen Facebook groups where, even in the holistic Facebook groups, where discussions to mention vaccination, wow. That, like, the language of some mothers who who think that they're in, in their spiritual path and they're connected to their own spiritual journey, but the way they lash out to others who have a different opinion, that's really shocking. We mothers should be standing together. We shouldn't attack each other on what we think they are doing wrong. Because often when we judge others, we actually It triggers something in ourselves, and then it's easier to judge the other person than to judge yourself. So I think that if we can drop that judgment, if we can drop labeling other people as good or bad, but simply honor them for what they're doing, we become happier too. And if we stop judging ourselves, the people around us get happier because their judgments also are not going to hurt you that much because you know you're connected and grounded and you know you're doing the right thing. So if somebody, let's take the example of vaccination again, if they call you out on your decision whether or not to vaccinate your child, that's then their thing and it really helps you to stay more grounded and connected to what you truly believe in and not feel ashamed for the decisions that you made because and honestly in motherhood but in life in general sometimes you don't know if you made the right decision and you can go around guessing all the time but once you made a decision you should think about the fact that you made it with all the information that you had at that moment. So in that moment, it is the best decision that you could have made. For me, in my postpartum depression, like when I was starting my healing journey, I felt very guilty that I didn't take the responsibility earlier on. That it took me a whole year to get there. Now I can look back and say that that was necessary. I needed to go to the deepest, darkest corners first in order to see the light. And that's with pretty much everything. If we can release that judgment of we should have done it differently. No, because I today can say that I'm proud of the woman that I am today because I've been in that postpartum depression. I'm not the person, despite the postpartum depression. No, I am who I am today because of it. And in that way, I'm almost grateful for it. It was a very hard time, and now it's obviously easier to say that, but I'm really grateful for for going through that and then really realizing what are my true passions, what is it that really sets my heart on fire? What is it that I want to fight for? The first thing is my kids, my family, but also to bring this gift to other mothers. To help them not to slide out as deep as I did. And to connect them back to that strong core that we all have, but if we as women appear too strong, we're getting judged. Oh, look at her, she's way too confident no she just believes in herself that is not egotistical that's not she's not trying to outshine others she's trying to shine to illuminate others Mm -hmm. and that's so deeply ingrained in our society that we as women you should behave you shouldn't sit like that you should stand like that you should talk like this and even like i grew up in a very free country and my parents were quite liberal, but still it is so ingrained in the society in general that we as women, as, as girls, we are being taught to behave because that's what girls do, right?
0: Hmm. I'm so grateful that you raised that really grounded point around women um, uplifting other women rather than tearing them down because I think that this is something that is happening a lot in social media and a lot even in family groups and play groups and friendship groups where there's a presentation of one type of behavior but an undercurrent of the judgment and those other things that you mentioned and all of it is really calling us into deeper acceptance of ourselves and others in that if we understand that people are making the best decision based on the knowledge that they have and actually the information that's in their heart, which is what we exactly do for our own children as well, um, It's there's not really any reason for us to have those opinions about what other mothers choose to do or not to do. But it seems to be a free reign area for people to throw around their own judgments and their opinions about the way that other people raise their kids. Yeah. So I love that. Um, I also love that you shared in your work, this inward journey of healing in relation to your postpartum depression and sharing that. So, courageously. And you mentioned that looking inward that needed to happen to heal the old wounds. And I think it's perfect that you have shared as well, not needing to know what those old wounds are necessarily. We can just um, accept that they're there. But I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on what it was like to own the responsibility for healing and to follow where that led you because so many people are unwilling to accept that responsibility to heal yourself. So I'm wondering if there's some insight there that you can share about being able to do that. Well, I think
1: a lot had to do with the fact that I live in Thailand and my husband is a Buddhist and he very often mentioned that happiness is really an inside job and of course we all know that but that year I spent a lot of time I would say almost wasting on blaming others so if this situation would be like that I would feel better if my son would sleep through the night I would feel better now of course that will make you more rested that will make you um, that makes your mood will go up of course but he's a newborn so expecting that he will sleep just as well as his sister that's unrealistic so we're so focused on changing the parameters around us that we forget that it doesn't matter what happens around us if we truly want to be happy that needs to come from within but it's a scary journey because if you are going to explore what makes you happy, you're also going to go through layers of conditioning, of and, and not necessarily conditioning from the outside, but what you have put on yourself. So what have you accepted as truth, but in the end is not really true? So by going within and allowing yourself to search for what truly makes you happy and not looking outside of yourself. Like when I was in the depression, I remember my husband asking me, so would it make you happier if you would move back to the Netherlands? And I would always answer him no, but I would never have been able to answer him until I was in my healing journey. I realized that I already knew that it was an inside job. But I never wanted to take the responsibility because it's always easier to push it away, to give the responsibility to other people. Like I don't have a very good relationship with my mother-in-law, who is my neighbor. So I kept blaming on the things that she had done. And I kept blaming on what if, if other things will change, then I will feel better. Even our financial situation was difficult at that time. And I was like, if that would be better, I will feel happier. Well, not really. Because money's not going to fix it. If my mother-in-law move away, that wouldn't really fix it. I would have still been unhappy. So I really had to take that responsibility and owning that it wasn't just because of things around me, it was something that I of course not on a conscious level, but it was something that I was doing to myself. Every day I chose to turn on Netflix and not to write in my journal. Every day I chose to dive into that book instead of getting on my yoga mat. And I always had excuses because my kids would never sleep at the same time, so when was I supposed to do my yoga? But you just need to make it work and it doesn't need to look perfect. Like I don't need to write 10 pages in my journal every day or even every day. Like At least I had to commit to something that I could do on a daily basis. Um, for me, the easiest thing to do was to simply do, before I would go to bed, I would tell myself what I was grateful for that day. In the morning when I would get up, I would just do a short meditation. That could be in the bed, I would just wake up, sit up straight, close my eyes, and just tune into my breath. Because if I was trying to put my happiness on the fact whether or not I could practice yoga, well then you're really, it's almost like giving your power away. You're giving your internal power in the hands of other people and expect them to make you happy. Now, of course, people around you can make you happier, but they cannot make you happy if you're not happy in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, This thinking- is such
0: a, um, sorry to interrupt you, this is such this a, is a hidden sabotage that I see with high-achieving and high-functioning women in my kinesiology practice mm-hmm. that if they can't be perfect, they won't do the activity and they um, avoid doing things that might Enhance their career or put themselves out there even more by taking this perfectionism route, which is really just a hidden sabotage for not actually going for the goal. So, yeah, I really resonate with, with what you're saying about just choosing an activity that you can do and you don't need to do your yoga for an hour and a half and be the best at it. You don't have to journal for two hours, but if you can just breathe for three breaths in and three breaths out and that's all you do that day and you do it every day, then you're in a good place.
1: And that's more impactful than being on your mat for 90 minutes. If you commit to something on a daily basis, it's, it's just that self-care. And I know a lot of people talk about self-care, but it's really so important to just just do it. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. like I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I know what I'm talking about. And I would get so annoyed if my kids would wake up when I was in the middle of my yoga practice. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Like I, from a very young age, like I knew that I was, that I wanted to become a mother. And now that I have kids, I get annoyed that they kind of disturb me in my yoga practice. And my yoga practice is supposed to calm me down, but it's actually making me more agitated. Something is going wrong. So I changed it around and thought, I will roll out my mat, they're asleep or awake, it doesn't matter, I move my body. If that means five minutes, well, then I got five minutes done. So instead of looking at what you weren't able to do, it's looking at what you have been able to do. And that's something that I speak from experience that perfectionists often only look for the things that they haven't been able to finish, But look at the things that you have done with your full attention. Look at the things that did go well instead of looking at the things that could be better.
0: Yes, I agree. Patricia, we've just got time for one more question and I'm super keen to hear a bit about your ideas and your work around helping women to trust their intuition. I know you say again um, in your work, but that's really a foundation point for this Namasle Type A coaching and programs that um, I run myself. And we talk about prioritizing your inner guidance system and tuning into your intuition and allowing that to be a guiding force in your life. Do you have any practical ways that you could share for mothers or women in general, listening to get in tune with that, recognizing that inner guidance and then tuning into it deeper?
1: Well, as an astrologer, I would say following the moon that for me has been one of the biggest shifts in my life and we all know about new moon manifestation and full moon releasing but to really truly connect to that is so powerful and even more powerful if you connect that to your own menstrual cycle Uh, it's a it's a whole long story if i go into it but in the essence, we have four different phases in our 28 days. And if you connect your energy to the energy that you have in that week, you can be so much more productive, and not just productive in this, the work sense, but this your day will be more in flow. In your menstrual phase, we all know that it's more of a time to calm down and slow down in your um, ovulation phase it's more a time where you go out, you, you're you usually very creative, you're very talkative, connections with other people go more smooth. So if you connect to all of the phases of your cycle which are connected to the four phases of the moon which are also the same as the four seasons of the year. So we have the winter, we are calming, we're calm, we're not really any new things out there. Then in springtime, things are starting to bloom. It's a time to plan things. Then in summertime, you're in full bloom. You're really out there. The sun is out. You want to go out. And in the fall time, it's more of a time to assess what has been going on. And these four phases also come back in your cycle. And I would say that is by far the most important thing you can do. Even if you're not really into astrology, or not really into these type of things, I would highly encourage you to keep a journal for at least two months, and write down every day what your energy levels are like. Because for every woman, it's different. Like some people, or some women, really feel very energetic in their menstrual cycle, in their menstrual phase, but most of them don't. But if you start writing down, how do you feel, and not just good or bad, but do you feel energetic? Do you feel inspired? um do you feel analytical do you feel so really connect to what it is that you're feeling and if you keep tracking that ideally you'll keep doing that of course and not just for two months but then you can see the weeks where you'll be more productive so what it has done for me is in like ovulation phase that's the time where i have peak creativity so that's when i record a lot of podcasts write a lot of blogs So the next few weeks, I have more time to edit and I don't have to sit in front of my computer and think, wow, I don't have any inspiration to record a podcast or I need to finish this project, but I have no inspiration to finish it. So if you can connect that back to those energies, it will become so much easier to do the things that you need to do and plan things ahead So you plan them in the right week. Now, of course, we cannot always do that. But if you make sure that at least 20% of what you do is in accordance to that energy in that phase, that will be responsible for 80% that is not connected, but you will still feel better doing it because you've taken care of that 20%.
0: Mm, I love that. And if you're open to it, Patricia, I'd love to have you back on the podcast to share more about that specifically. Um, I love talking about the seasons we have in our business and how we can tune in to not needing to be in full blown manifestation every single moment, every single day, like we are um, flowing with our seasons. So I think that would tie in really beautifully. And I wholeheartedly agree with um, everything that you just said. Okay, that's all we have time for today. So I would love to thank you so much and now look forward to welcoming you back to share that beautiful information that will help so many women, um, I'm sure. Patricia, would you like to share any of your website details or your social media handles or just have them included in the text on the podcast?
1: Yeah, um, you can find my website at nurtureplaylove.com. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook uh, with Nurture Play Love.
0: Wonderful, and I will also include those in the text um, associated at the bottom of the podcast. So, as always, uh, I will be receiving my special guest's secret source after the tapes stop rolling. Patricia is going to share with me her top three tips to reclaim your inner power, and that information is going to be shared for your ears only if you are part of my beautiful tribe and a member of my mailing list. If you are not already on that list, please jump onto my website, which is www.senetthagoldsmith.com and you can actually download a free copy of my latest ebook there and uh, receive that insider info from Patricia as well. Thank you, my friend, for tuning in again and I would like to grant you full permission to go out there and be your unique, fabulous self and absolutely namaslay the shit out of anything that's setting your world on fire right now. Toxin.